You know, I love this sort of music. But every time I put it on at home, on the hi-fi, I get odd looks from my daughter and from my wife. Like, I'm one of their grandfather's older friends who stopped by with his record collection. I don't want to pod this down. I'm just really enjoying it Go for ahead, some man. Martin Denny... Many other fine proponents of the genre of exotica, but you know Arthur Lyman comes to mind, and there are many others. But but Martin Denny is sort of the recognized godfather of exotica. What is exotica? Well, what you do is you grab a style of music, you anglicize it almost to the point of squashing the life out of it, but then you also have members of the band who are from the area that you're currently exploiting, and you have to make animal noises. I mean, is that fair? Yeah, I mean, and so that being said, it, it can still be very enjoyable and still somehow very safe and white. Uh, even so, it's a tra- accessible to white people. It's a tra- that's the key. It's a travelogue around the world and through exotic forms of percussion and instrumentation, but also you never feel threatened or like you're out of your element, and you can still sit around in your socks and robe and drink your coffee and listen to exotica, mm-hmm. which has kind of have become the hallmark of my life recently. <laughs> uh, Martin Denny, Quiet Village, right there. As we get things started on episode one forty eight, one hundred and forty eight episodes into the Brian Oak Show. Thank you, thank you very much. And I chose that, A, because of the guests we have today, but B, because I've really fallen down the exotica and lounge rabbit hole over the last few months, and I can't stop. I'm learning new things every day. I'm exploring, and I feel like as long as you learn something new every day, it was worth waking up. There's a lot of stress right now. There's a lot of pressure right now. Life, especially here in the Twin Cities, you know, the Brian Oak Show is recorded here in South Minneapolis, ground zero for the Derek Chauvin trial, the murder of George Floyd. I feel like we had started to, if not necessarily heal, begin to get to some sense of normalcy, and then the trial began. And then, Dante Wright, since we've talked last, murdered in cold blood. I don't care what you want to call it. Exactly. Second-degree manslaughter doesn't cover it. Taser, 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 fuck you. You had 26 years of experience choosing between your pistol and your taser. And even if you scream taser, 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 you shot an unarmed black man through the chest with your service weapon, and he's now dead, leaving behind a girlfriend and a -a one-and-a-half-year-old child. And, again... I understand that it's esoteric yes. to talk about timing, you know, and maybe that even speaks to my white privilege, but the timing could not have been more horrific. And, and, and this is the city I call home and I don't want to see it burned to the ground. But as we talked about in the wake of George Floyd's murder, maybe it's time for our town to burn to the ground. You know, you, you don't get to pick. I certainly do not get to pick as a white man, how, People who have been oppressed every goddamn day, who live in fear from the time they wake up until the time they go to sleep. I don't get to pick how they express their frustration, their absolute. I mean, they've lived with it every day and it just keeps fucking happening. And to compound it, the officer, 26 year veteran of the Brooklyn Center Police Department, and I know it's a difficult job, not a good enough excuse, is out on bail. 
was offered bail, while the people who showed up and all they did was violate curfew to show up and say, this is fucking wrong, they're still being detained without bail. Mm -hmm. If there's not something upside fucking down right there, and so it's hard. A lot of them are black. You know, so no, we got to keep them behind mm-hmm. bars. And, but we a lot to, of them are white. We and, need and to quit think... fucking saying Black Lives Matter unless we actually do something to make Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. So starting I... from birth, like we need to fucking actually do it. I'm tired of just hearing about it. I'm tired of just seeing signs. We need to fucking legislate and and actually make it possible for Black Lives to matter, so people actually see opportunity and see that they have a way out. Of poverty, number one, because crime and poverty and addiction go hand in hand. It's just the fucking way it is. I know. If I hear anything more about looting or carjacking, I, I know. It's like shut up. No, <laughs> and it's you know I grew up poor, but my my family, a lot of them came here in 1840, 1850. Some came in the 1600s, and still we were poor for five, six, seven generations. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Even my father and mother's generation, they couldn't fucking even sit at the same fucking restaurant in a lot of this country, much less do you think a lot of folks are getting hired for upper paying jobs. And so to live with hopelessness and struggle, people are like, oh, well, you know, that's just too bad. Well, I'll try to vote the right way. You got to well, that's yourself. nice. And that's also, a start. Do more than try. That's a start. But or, you got to. Well, be angry and try to actually there. empathize and understand what that experience and feels me- like on the daily. And then make a decision to mentor yeah. and to help and to hire and to do the right work. Diversify, be yes. inclusive at yes. all the tables of Talk leadership. Yes. Yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I didn't really want to start the show, so I mean, we start out <laughs> on such a mellow, it's what it mystical is. wilderness yeah, we note, but we, we live at ground zero right now, right? Yeah. I mean, the entire world is watching every single day what happens here, and they should be. And when I watched the machinations of the defense today, and mm. the judge saying, mm-hmm. if anybody brings up carbon monoxide, I'm calling a mistrial. Yeah. You call a mistrial judge, you're going to have to find a new home. Exactly. You will never be forgotten for the rest of your life. Never. And this city will yeah. burn. It yeah. will burn. And it, will. I don't want it to burn because but I, re- I, really, I, I, can't, I, I, I really like it here. <laughs> yeah. But I also can't. It, it's weird. We don't live in rural Mississippi. We right. live in a, in a in a liberal place. Yeah, but that's, that's the whole Jim Crow of the North thing of like, it it, it's, we're silent about it. We're it, different about it. And it, that's what needs to be revealed and talked about. I could not agree yeah. more. Hey, speaking of, coming up, we're going to be talking to Corinne and Pamela from Black Widows, an incredible local band. Unfortunately, we don't just get to talk about cool surf rock exotica because the world is on fire right now, mm-hmm. right? And yes. it's not just, that is okay. it's not just along racial guidelines. It's along sexual guidelines yep. and it's we, we are going to be covering that coming up in just a bit but we are also going to hear some of your music and we are going to talk about some of the nicer things because i've always believed the universe seeks a balance even when it's on fire maybe even more important when it's on fire you have to look for the silver lining you have to find the good things this does not mean we put our head in the sand it does not mean that we deny the atrocity that surrounds us. But it does mean that if you make that your everyday, all day, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, you will go crazy. You will give up. You will you'll be, burn out. You'll be broken. And, it, you, and then you won't be any good to anybody. So we have to find a balance. And hopefully we'll find at least a little bit of balance on this edition of The Brian Oak Show. Before we get to talking to today's guests and learning more about the Black Widows and other things that we can do. I plan on doing a lot of shutting up on this episode and doing a lot of listening. Oh, no, I plan on it because that's the way we learn, right? We talk to people and 
I mean, you know, I used to jokingly say, when is the middle-aged white man going to get his day? It's not even funny anymore. It's just <laughs> fucking sick. I, it, 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 well, it, make, it makes my stomach I'm turn. I'm laughing because you're right. Yeah, I'd, rather, right? I'd, rather, I'd rather have you talking about this stuff than a lot of people. So. Yeah, well, but here we go. But that's yeah. why, I, so part of it is I want to have you in. But before we get there, I do want to say hi to Sean Bernard. Sean, how are you? I am okay. Yeah, well, and that uh, to me, that's the same thing as like, what a great day. In this day and age, you're getting through the day. We're doing okay. We've got a creative outlet. We have a social outlet. We're going to hear some music. Things could still be worse, although I hate saying things like that out loud because every time you say things like, well, things couldn't be worse than this, fuck you, the universe says, <laughs> it's worse. Um, it is uh, the Smart Start MN Studios where we are in South Minneapolis, a place that I'm still very proud to call home and to be a part of and will continue to fight for this community, the lives of those who live here, and doing everything in my power to make sure that we do better every step of the way, communication, conversation, music, celebration, remembrance, all of it is a, a crucial, crucial part of this tapestry. We haven't unlocked the code yet. But by working towards it, I know we're doing the right thing. I know we're moving in the right direction. I want to hear one quick song before we dive in deep with Corinne and Pamela from Black Widows. Uh, I was hit with a powerful moment this morning. I follow a lot of interesting people on social media. I've kind of reached the point where like, there's a lot of filler out there, but there's a handful of people whose stuff I go to look at every day. Because either they're very culturally in tune or they love historically the things I love, like books and music. And I would be a fraud if I told you I went very deep on blues or jazz. But there's a handful of it that has even crossed over to me that I love intrinsically. And one of those artists is Bessie Smith. Today is the 127th anniversary of her birth. Bessie Smith lived an incredible life. She was by far, and it wasn't close, the most commercially successful blues slash jazz artist of her generation from the 1920s into the 1930s, she was number one. Now, back at that time, though, it still wasn't cool to listen to race records or black Mm -hmm. music. There were stations that were allowed to play that. There were juke joints where she could perform at. That was not the norm. She was still very much on the fringe despite her wild success within her given milieu. And to talk about her influence, I mean, there's a reason that she has been since given the nickname Empress of the Blues. There's not a blues or jazz performer that followed in her wake from Sarah Vaughn to Ella Fitzgerald to countless others that I'm certain I couldn't name if I had to with a gun to my head. Her influence is immeasurable. And she also, when you talk about Empress of the Blues, you're like, okay, well, she died young. She was killed in a car crash in her 30s. We lost her and, you know, she was lost too young. So she's remembered in an inflated sort of sense. That is absolutely not true. She would change the course of blues music and jazz music for generations to come. And really, her impact can still be felt. And you can't listen to one of her songs and not feel it right in your gut. And to me, you know, she may have other great songs, but this is the one that has always struck me more than any other. It's Nobody Knows You When You're Down and Out. Happy 127th birthday to Bessie Smith from The Brian Oak Show. Bye. 
It's unlikely she would have lived to be 127. Very, very (laughs) few people do. But her legacy matters. And, you know, Billie Holiday, brilliant, obviously indelible, uh, crucial. But I feel like Bessie Smith is one of those names that doesn't get remembered as often. And do I want to listen to that sort of stylized late 20s, early 30s vocal jazz all day, every day? Actually, yeah, kind (laughs) of. I was going to say no, but more so than a lot of other garbage that I've heard. And uh, anyway, happy 127th birth anniversary to the inimitable Miss Bessie Smith on Nobody Else Like Her. It's the Brian Oak Show, and our primary sponsor is Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. It's a small device you put in your car if you drank and drive. And you got busted, you're screwed, okay? And if you need to get back to driving, which everybody, even in the era of lockdown, needs to get back to driving, they can do it safely and legally. They worked with the state of Minnesota to put the ignition interlock company into place or the system into place. So they were the first ones there. A lot of carpetbaggers have come to town to try to glom onto it, Mm -hmm. make a little money off your misfortune. Ed and Mike from Smart Start MN, their company was there at the very beginning, and they're good people, which is why they've worked with us since before we recorded the single episode, and here we are, closed in quick on episode 150, and they're still on board, and we can't thank them enough. Even, Even with people staying home more, even with places being closed, turns out there's still a need for their service because... Uh, people still keep making questionable decisions. But if you do, it's not the end of the road. Your life is going to get complex. It's going to get expensive. But you can get back on the road, and you can get back on the path to doing the right thing by getting in touch with Smart Start MN. Yeah, just go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. You'll get 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. Here on the Brian Oak Show podcast, you know, I had someone ask me not so long ago, well, what is your podcast even about? And 148 (laughs) episodes in, I don't know that I have a good answer. 
ostensibly, because it was my favorite thing about doing during my radio career, it's about talking to musicians. But we've had such a wide range of guests on. It's not really just about that, although any non-musician who comes in is still required to pick songs that they want to play, because I feel like music is the connective tissue. You know, I feel like when you find out more about what somebody loves and why they love certain music, it's not a test. It's not about judgment. It's about finding further insight into the person you're talking to. It enriches the conversation. And really, what this show has evolved into is talking to people who are part of this community, right? I, I realized early on, I thought, you know, like, oh, we got to try to get big stars and all this. And I'm like, nope, this is the place I love. And the most fascinating and interesting conversations I have, the ones that we're both mutually invested in more than other, are the conversations that concern our mutual lives and the place that we've chosen to live, the place we've chosen to call home. And I'm 100% cool with that. I freaking love Minnesota. I've lived here my whole life. And so many other people have chosen to make this their home and have either enriched the community or worked in politics or have chosen a form of art, or our local entrepreneurs. That's what this show is about, I think. Does that sound even kind of right? Yeah, I think it, I think you summed it up. I mean, it's what I've noticed is we've had really good people on this show. Yeah. And some are musicians, and some are, one was a rabbi, you know, all these different people. But everybody seems to kind of be like-minded of, we need to do better, and we're going to find a way to communicate and to give people relief. And the musicians, like, they give so many people peace of mind even for that break of a song or being at a concert or let rage out if that's a more, you know, to, to <laughs> that's like, do we bring people peace, Pamela? <laughs> Maybe. You, you know what you do is you bring people sweet surf roxotica and you know what i mean that's the thing like you don't have to be a weirdo like me who's like i freaking love martin denny man you go to see a black widow show and it's cool ass rock and roll which we all miss and i can only imagine that you miss performing it as much as sean and i as music fans miss seeing it corinne coet is that right Correct. Thank you. And Pamela Lejeune. Yes. Yes. I, Play bien. Oh, mais oui. Oh, mon petit <laughs> uh, Anyway, you are the founding members of the Black Widows. Now, I could try to describe Black Widows. Tell me what Black Widows are. Tell me who Black Widows are. <laughs> Tell me. Give me the elevator speech of what it's like to see Black Widows. It changes every day. Pamela, go for it. Okay, what's it like today? Today, um, we are influenced by tons of genres we do play a lot of surf exotica uh rock and roll punk rock music you know we grew up listening to that kind of stuff um we also do some disco stuff we also we have a lot of influence we're weird we Huey Herman, Muppets. See, everything you're saying is making me wish that you were playing right now, that you were here in full regalia, and oh, yeah. the glitter was falling, and that the, the instruments glitter. were out. I miss the glitter. All of it. I mean, so, you know, I like punk rock. I like the Ramones. I love the Ventures. I love Martin Denny, and I know that those are all elements that you incorporate. Classic girl groups, there are right. great harmonies, oh. there is rock and roll at the heart of it, you know. To me, punk rock has always been more of an ethos than a sound. Obviously, there are bands you're like, that's a punk rock band when you hear them. But to me, Devo is a punk rock band, right? Like, I mean, they they did not abide by societal norms. In fact, it was their sort of mission statement to make sure that everything we thought we knew, they pointed out was fucked yeah. and not yeah. okay. Yeah. To me, that's punk rock. So this is a band that was founded some five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. How do you two meet and how does Black Widows come to be? Well, uh, Corinne and I met working at a restaurant. We were um, we were working 
at a restaurant in Minneapolis and got to talking and uh, we were both musicians. We talked about bands that we had previously been in and realized that we'd never played with exclusively women before. You know, we were talking about our struggles um, with dynamics uh, with men in the band and um, the conflicts and just, you know, frustration that arises with that. And so we resolved to form a band together and we would always play surf music while we were working. You know, I was a bartender this um and Crin was serving, so we'd work these lunch shifts together and just like jam Put out. on playlists and yeah. yeah. To surf music. Country, surf, like mm-hmm. all that stuff. A lot of instrumental stuff too. We both really like that. So it's so yeah. and, and you bring up a very interesting thing. So uh one of my all time favorite bands is Pixies. And Kim Deal clearly got short shrift in that band, right? To the point where she's like, fuck this, I'm leaving. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go do a different band. Because, well, but also by all accounts, Charles, a.k.a. Black Francis, Frank Black, was kind of a dick to work with anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you've both been in other bands with men, moving to an all-female unit doesn't mean there's not going to be conflict and not going to be disagreement. There's barely any. But it, but it, but it does change <laughs> the dynamic radically. I mean, rock Correct. and roll's always been a boys club. And yeah. it's still largely, yeah. unfortunately to this day, Still is because I'm sure even in an all female unit, you still run into male promoters and male yeah. bookers who are just who, like who, just like racism being ingrained in everything. It's kind of ingrained, so it, men but, don't even know they're being patronizing when they are. Oftentimes, and they, so, they treat you. Oh yeah, they treat you like a novelty. Especially act. since we're yeah all female. I mean, anytime we come in a place, it's like, do you know how to use this? Do you? I mean, we're like it's a base I amp. Got used, I got asked if I knew how to use a base amp, like. Three or four years into having oh. the bass player of Black Widows, I mean, just mind you, and I show up at a venue with a shared, um, with a shared rig, and they're like, "Do you know? Do you know where to plug in? Do you know how to?" Use uh, another another favorite is being in the elevator when we were on tour oh. with a guy who walked. I mean, he immediately stuck his foot in his mouth, and we had to ride like four floors down with mm. him. But he was like, "So you guys have your own, your very own band? That's so cool." Oh Lord. <laughs> Or that's it, uh, ladies or, and gentlemen. I mean, I just thought you band. were cute chicks, but you guys can actually play. You can actually play all the time. So many times so, we've heard that actually, but, but that's the movement well, for so you're like, like an actual to... band, yeah, like so, a real band, yeah. not like a funny girly yeah. thing. You're like an actual band. Yeah. Turns out we're a real band. Huh. An actual band. Well, I think we're like kind of satirical sometimes because we make fun of ourselves, so people can take that the wrong way, but. Well, but I mean, it's so, not steeped in sexism. That's no, the difference. no, no. There's a, there's a campy <laughs> element to it, but that's yeah. part of the fun, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like there's another local band that 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 uh, traffics in a lot of the same sort of vibe. The Intoxicats, who yep. I like, I like them. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you have, and yeah. I like them very much. There's a campy element to it. There's a tiki element. Yeah. There's a surf element. There's a a sort of fun party element. Another one of my all time favorite bands, B fifty twos. It doesn't yeah. get any more campy than that, but it also doesn't get any more freaking amazing yeah. than that band. Like, they're as good a band as I've ever heard in my entire and the life. Yeah. I would say, like, that's a strong influence oh, for, like, our lyric writing. Just they are weirdos. Goofy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are your songs about? Yeah. What weird, are weird uh, stuff? Female archetypes that murder people. Whoa. We, I don't we know. also have a song about a cat that has ESP. Only, yeah. No, it's only, it's only, um, it's only in defense of the oppressed, you know? So it's usually revenge-seeking female mm-hmm. cats. Mummy is coming back mm-hmm. from the dead. Stuff Wim- like women who have been silenced, yeah. But have it's always se- there's a grain of humor or Halloween and everything we do. Have you seen <laughs> the, the movie Promising Young Woman yet? Not yet. No. 
I know about it, but yeah. You know its premise, yeah, right? Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Have you heard about it? I've heard that that's it's That's basically what we yeah, do. It's unbelievable. So that's, that's what I was going to say is that parallel of revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would prefer people. to see a woman of color in that role, but that's just me. Yeah. No, I, that <laughs> Baby would be steps, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I love to hear you bring up Halloween because Halloween's my single favorite holiday. You can probably guess by some of the art that's in here. Um, I... Dress up is part of rock and roll, right? Like rock and roll can be a, a great means of conveyance for a powerful message, but it's also art. It's also presentation. It's also escape. I mean, and so it's weird sometimes, depending on how somebody articulates it, the message can be lost in the presentation or the presentation is not good enough to promote the message. So you have a style, you have a look, you have a, 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 an aesthetic that you bring, but you're telling me that from the get and from the jump, there was there was a message, there was a, there was a method, there was a, a thing you wanted to bring up and promote throughout the course of the music. Because I feel like when people look at that cool style that you have, right, somewhere between go-go, rock and roll, surf zotica, and whatever, that maybe people wouldn't look at Black Widows and think, oh, there's a more profound message going on here. Yeah. I think that has a lot to do with our friendship. And we innately just like get each other from the get go. We didn't know each other when we started the band. So we just we got along. Um, we both owned Halloween sound effects tapes as kids. Oh my god, my number um, of Halloween albums that I have at home that are just chain rattling and ghosts moaning in yes, the basement. Yeah, that's my jam. Uh, like we, we, wow. yeah, we are going to release an album of Halloween of just sound effects at some point. Yeah. You have so, to be but right. but also, like on a deeper note, like our politics have always been aligned, and we get mad about the same things, and we stand up to people in the same ways that hurt animals, women, people of color. So we've always been, we've always tried to reinforce inclusive environments and uh, make sure that that's known. But and I think the people that know it know it, but maybe people on the outside don't understand that. Yeah, and at, but at the same time, we also do like shiny things and glitter and sparkles. Yeah. And it's like, kind of like come get lured costumes. in, get lured in with the sparkles Fun. and then stay for the ride. Yeah. Come for the sparkles, yeah. stay for the fucking infotainment. Exactly. All right. <laughs> yeah. No. So and again, but those two things aren't mutually exclusive, right? That's yeah. rock and roll. Exactly. That's art at its most effective. And it doesn't have to be gendered either. It's just yeah. fun. Yeah, no, it's we totally fun. Want. Although you do happen to be an all female band. We so do. unfortunately, you put yourself in a spot where it's going to keep it's getting true. gendered, yeah. which okay. is a bummer. But yeah. baby steps, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. Which yeah. baby yeah. steps suck. I I know we all wish it was yeah. better. Before we go any further and probably go deeper into the mire, can we hear some Black Widows? I would like that very much. I don't see why not. I will. Let's do it then. <laughs> you then talked about escape. Maybe escape to Tortuga Island. Oh. Escape to Tortuga Island. Do you want to say anything about this song before we play it, or do you want to talk about it afterwards, well, or do you just want to let it speak for itself? Let it speak for itself. Here we go.
The Black Widows, episode 148 of The Brian Oak Show. We've got Corinne and Pamela here right now, the founding members who surrounded themselves with others. Um, listening to a song like that, you know, there's a handful of almost strictly surf bands out there. I know you incorporate other elements, but bands like the Bumboras or one of my very all-time favorites because they incorporate some of the spookiest and most wondrous elements of that. The Cramps are... Cramps. The Cramps are in my top 10 bands of all times. Lux Interior and Poison Ivy. I don't know if there's a more dynamic rock duo in American history, certainly. Maybe John Doe and Exene from the band X, who I have a really special soft spot in my heart for. But, man, Poison Ivy and Lux Interior, I mean, that's rock and roll right there. In Which one looked better in Fishnets? You tell me. Lux or Poison Ivy? Balance. Yeah, ex- balance exactly. All that. Well put, Corinne. Uh, so, Black Widows, you two form it. You come together. You decide this is what you want to do. How do you round out the lineup? How do you put the rest of the band together? Well, I just moved back from New York, and I was in bands before, so I was gone for a while. And so I reached out. We reached out to Missy Summers, who has played with like the Fuck Yeahs and the Beavers, and um, I knew she was a drummer, and we knew we wanted to be strictly femme, and she was into it. So we started writing songs together as a three-piece. Um, we've always been DIY, made our first EP in my house, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, How were the acoustics in the uh, anteroom? It was pretty cool. I mean, I lived in this weird, big, like, Victorian house in St. Paul, it was huge. and I had no furniture, and empty. so it was perfect. All right, good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then, and, and we've always been able to, we've always enjoyed doing that because we can experiment with sound a lot and have the time working with our friend at the time. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, at Whoa. the time, our friend. Inside joke. Inside joke. Yeah, there's an inside joke there. Okay, well, I'm not going to give any shout I'm not asking you to shame anybody. I just, okay. But anyway, uh, so then, yeah. So what happened? So Missy wanted a, you know, we were starting to work harder, build tours out, wanting to push a little bit harder. And I think that just didn't really fit her schedule. So we inc- we had some kind of sub drummers for a while. And then we eventually landed on Kim. And Laura Bennett played with us for a while, who's a rad drummer. So we've always kind of had this like revolving door of women. And we have backup singers, go-go dancers. Like, hey, we don't ever really want to shut that door if an opportunity arises where we all get together. So we've done all kinds of, and we've even had men, 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 men. Men? Play with us as men, always men, as men. auxiliary. I thought you stood yeah. for something. Yeah, yeah. You no, we do. They can up. play like tambourine or whatever. Oh, you know, nice. Mm-hmm. Get men we in the go-go them cages. How to do it. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. Wait, we demonstrated. Men can play their own tambourine. We actually have tutorials for them that we've recorded. We <laughs> love their parts. Oh, yeah. I love it very, very yeah. much. And I do want to give a shout out to Sarah Mueller Liley yes. who played guitar with us or plays guitar with us. Yeah, I didn't um, mean to end there. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it really, we it really gelled when Sarah and Kim came on board. Yeah. So the last lineup, um, and then COVID happened. But we were about to go on tour. We were going to go to Spain and East Coast, West Coast. We had a whole. Whole summer lined up last year. Well, that was my question. Yeah. Is I know that there was a lot of recording over the winter of 2019. Like boom, like you ramp, you ramp, you ramp, and then the universe says, "Guess not. Go ahead, sit down for a goddamn year." What has the last year looked like for Black Widows? I mean, music in the tank, ready to go, ready to show people what it's about. International touring and all that gets shut down. You guys okay? We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. We're okay. Yep. 
yeah, we kind of were like, all right, well, let's maybe just put pause on this. And I think we just immediately were we were in the protest. So we we were a part of that whole unfolding and it was near our house. So um, we were roommates at the time. We just knew we had to not center ourselves, especially as white women being like, look at us and sparkly dresses. So are you do you live in South Minneapolis? I know yeah. I live in St. Paul now, but we used to live together. Yeah, there. we were yeah. living together in a house um, and doing some live streams at the beginning of the COVID mm-hmm. shutdown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we happened to be living together. We were roommates. And so we just decked out the living room, put on some fucking sparkles. Yeah, yeah. Got my dog Disco in the mix. Balls. And with an audience of dolls and stuffed animals. Yeah, we set up our own audience from from objects we had in the house. And we did a lot of live streams for a couple months. But then George Floyd was murdered and we stopped everything and we had to get out there and then we got really involved in mutual aid and community stuff well and i want to talk a lot more about that um you know george floyd was murdered a mere 10 blocks from where we sit right now right and the vast majority of what unfolded in terms of aftermath happened further north up on lake street and further east and that's my neck of the woods that's where i live is over there and it was a terrifying time it was a very bizarre reaction that the city And the establishment had to this uprising, they basically just let it burn. They basically didn't do anything. And what's weird is literally just yesterday, mere blocks from my home, uh, watching, uh, I live not far off 46th and Hiawatha, and the number of Humvees and troop vehicles that were crossing over onto Ford Parkway and crossing that bridge very, very close to where my daughter works, 46 and Hiawatha, a little closer to Minnehaha, there were four guys standing on the corner in full combat regalia with semi-automatic weapons out. It was like being in a war-torn country. And it is, it makes me wonder why now and why not then? And I don't think there's a simple answer. I'm not asking the two of you for an answer. but Although they were kind of doing that for a period of time when the National Guard came in last summer, at least in our neighborhood, because we were close to 94 and the barbed wire and all that, and they were rolling down our streets. Well, there was a presence, but then once they realized they'd lost control, they sort of evaporated. Yeah. And and it literally just burned for a couple nights. Yeah. And, and that was heavy duty. So you shut down Black Widows and you decide there are bigger fish to fry we have things to do you're concerned about racial equality you're you know on this show in particular we've had dozens of guests that are directly related to the me too minneapolis movement Mm -hmm. right i mean the whole point is to talk and to learn and to try to grow and to try to get a better understanding and i hate being at the fucking heart of this as a white dude Mm because this is my time to shut up but you're creating space well and that's that's, i'm trying to and in my effort sometimes i feel like in my effort to talk myself through it i sound like an idiot and a mansplainer and i really don't want to be that guy anymore but i also have to this is a lot you want us to interrupt you a lot yes please okay yeah and and tell you how to do a radio show please or a podcast (laughs) yes so a podcast is something that (laughs) (laughs) you you talk into a microphone you need to get pretty close to it okay Okay. all right all right then you ask people questions sean are you writing this down um, I'm trying to log it right in the... Okay, no, you, you have it wrong. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, before we go on, because we do need to talk about, you know, we can't cover everything here today, no. right? But we can talk about some of the wrongs in the music system here, and I believe that having the conversation 
um, is important. And mm-hmm. I don't really know where to start it, so I'm probably going to let the two of you direct the flow and talk about what you want to talk about. But before we do that, can we hear one more song? Yeah. All right, so you've picked a band I've never heard of before. I don't know who this is, and I would love for you to elucidate and illuminate and let me know who this is and let's hear it esg uh from the bronx sisters uh late 70s probably in their late teens early 20s i think ranging uh just innovative and cool and weird a weird merging of rock and roll on the tail end of you know funk and some hip-hop in there and disco all that stuff is there and it's I think the sound is what we're like most inspired by because we're getting into a space where we're writing songs together using a drum machine and keeping things really simple right now. So they're really inspiring because it's just like drum and bass and easy lyrics. They're funny. They're feminist. They're badass.
don't find it really that surprising that they found more success in the UK than they found in the US. Just in the few moments we had during that song, I did a little digging. I've never heard of ESG, and one of my favorite phrases of all time is always learning. You know, that's the whole point of getting up every morning, right? Maybe a little expanded perspective, maybe getting to understand something you didn't know before, or hearing a sweet-ass late 70s jam like Erase You, possibly early 80s. But yeah, they were on Factory Records, Factory Records, the same home to New Order and Joy Division. Oh, my gosh. That's... That's a mind bender. Yeah, there's right there. like a little new wave in there too, or no wave. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, I got homework now when I get yeah. home. Which there's certain types of homework that you enjoy, and other times that you uh, types that you hate. Yeah, that's going to be fun homework right there. Emerald, sapphire, and gold. ESG on the Brian Oak Show. Before we continue, can you continue our talk with Black Widows? I do need to mention that Sean Bernard, you, in addition to a stalwart ally, a completely adequate producer of this podcast. And you are also uh, a realtor for Edina Realty, and you're in the teeth of it right now, baby. This is the time. Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, just helped my friend Ken sell his mom's place. She went to assisted living, and we actually helped fix up her place and then sold it uh, with five offers this weekend. Uh, and then listeners of the show, Liz and Phelan, they just bought a house nearby uh, over on 42nd and 24th. And uh, they close tomorrow, which is really cool. And remember, part of what I do is I donate a portion of every sale to a local band, to local musicians. So I just Very decided cool. to, yeah, I just decided to start doing that uh, in February as it came to me that, oh, shit, um, as much as I miss music, these musicians need help and support in any way, shape or, or form. So I sent them a list. They're like, well, we kind of have, a, have an idea of who we want to donate to, but will you send us a list of that was incredibly difficult for me to come up with a list. So I'm like, okay, I just need to kind of be diverse and look at who I think really needs the help. Mm-hmm. And But I just sent them a, a nice long list of different people for them to be able to choose from. So if you know, if you know of somebody that's looking to buy or sell, have them call me, 612-859-2594. That number is also textable. Black Widows, Uh, Corinne and Pamela are joining us right now. We've learned about their music. We've learned about their history. But the story's not over yet. Just because we've all been derailed by COVID does not mean you're not doing anything else. Um, You have an upcoming single release and you have an upcoming show. Let's hit those real quickly, if Mm -hmm. you don't mind. What's the upcoming single? Uh, So we recorded at Flower Studio um, last. When was that? Maybe I, the end no, of 2019. I have no concept of time. Yeah, it was the end of 2019. Um, with Sarah and Kim. And um, we did three songs um, with uh, Christopher Johnson and Dan Bowen um, as producer and engineer. And we got to play with a lot of fun guitars and experiment. I don't know if you've ever been in that studio, but at Ackerson Studio, it's pretty phenomenal. Where so. is it? It's in, uh, it's on, what is it, um, 28th, and it's in Uptown, 28th hmm. and like Aldrich or something like that, I think is the cross street. It's like, it looks like an old, you know, greenhouse. It's like a standalone building sort of. But anyway, uh, great time. So we, because of COVID, we kind of put things on pause everywhere. So um, we just got the masters and we're going to do something fun, release them kind of either as a single or, um, yeah, I think it's just everything's become more fluid and organic in this whole thing. So we're less, you know, uptight about we have to do things a certain way and more like maybe we'll just release 
the single one at a time. Yeah, whatever. They're great recordings. Okay, so, well, fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this then before we talk about the event coming yeah. up at the Hook and Ladder. Do the two of you enjoy time in the studio or is it tedious and you can't wait to go and play on a stage somewhere? Is it fun to yeah. be in the studio and pushing and pulling and Frankensteining things together? Totally. Yeah, It's fun. We, we enjoy working with each other creatively, I think, and... We're the sole writers, too, so it's, like, really just us. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and we do a lot of just experimentation on our own outside of the studio, but when we get in there, I think we do have a good time. Yeah, Pamela, have you ever had to say to Corinne, even though she's obviously a dear friend, an ally, uh, a stalwart, <laughs> have you ever had to be like, that line is garbage, you need to change that lyric? Um, I think her lyrics are really hilarious and cutting and smart. Um, so I don't know that I ever have. <laughs> She's putting a gun to her I, head right now, folks. Also, Finger suffer gun. consequences if I know. I I do think that we like we actually we kind of have really the same well. brain. Yeah. We do a, a lot of like verse trade off where like one of us writes a thing and then the other uh, one counters it with something related and right. we're kind of we kind of have a system. And we have a like we have a pattern to how we work. That's and great. So it's easy. It's like a you know, but right. we we also need to bust out of that because sometimes it can be a, you know the same thing over and over. So you've got the yeah. new and so and that music will be made available on Bandcamp or Bandcamp. Black Widow's Empire dot com or yeah, both. Spotify, okay. Apple Music. Yeah, we're kind of well, we might shop some stuff out eventually, <laughs> but we're kind of like I don't know. We just enjoy making our own music and having freedom and liberty to do what we want. It was even hard being, even though that's an amazing studio. It's hard for us to not be in total control of what we do. Understood. I, you know, I mean, when you when you're the artist, when you're the creator, you want to have complete creative control. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the upcoming event at the Hook and Ladder. This mm-hmm. was the original reason. The reason that I reached out to you is I saw, oh, boop, boop, boop. And I'm not even, I can't even remember because I don't have it in front of me whose record release it is. But I saw that you were going to be there. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is a long overdue conversation. Mm-hmm. So, the Low Rats. The Low release. Rats. Yeah. All right. Very good. Do I know the Low Rats? Should I know the Low they Rats? They used to be Goo Goo Mucks, if you like the cramps. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, strong influence. I do believe that they're writing a lot more new material, like um, original material, but yeah. they've done a lot of cramps covers and stuff oh, too. Right but on. they're a great, they're like, sol- solid rock and roll band, great front person. Our buddy Joe Holland, um, who's a booker at VFW, um, Hook okay. and Ladder, like yep. Memory Lanes, Block Party, all that stuff. He is a stand up dude. We love him very much. We want to give him a big shout out. So, um, he does a lot. He's a strong ally and has always made very inclusive, safe spaces. So, well, anyway. let's go ahead and talk about that. Yeah. You are a band that has a social conscience, which that's I, May twentieth, by the way, at the Hook and Letter. May twentieth. <laughs> well, I mean, and check out the Hook and yeah. yeah. because they are starting to ramp up an incredible series of performances and releases, and we're good friends with the people at Hook and Ladder as well. Again, that's my neck of the woods and a place that thankfully was spared in the violence of last summer. Will it be so again? We can only cross our fingers and hope for the very best. And they're conscious, too. Yeah, very much so. Like aligning with people that do. And there are so few venues that are so community-oriented. I mean, we have some great local venues in this city, but many of them are entrenched in their ways. Many of them only look at a certain tier. The Hook and Ladder has more or less everybody come through at one point or another. They are an important important hub in terms of cultural and a nonprofit yeah. so really working from that mm-hmm. mission yeah. agreed so let's yep. talk about what's important right mm-hmm. we've talked about your music we've talked about the upcoming gig mm-hmm. in addition to deciding it was time to take 
time off from being a cool, glitzy, rocksotica band in the wake of George Floyd's death, right? Mm-hmm. You also are a band that has done a lot to raise awareness of sexual violence in the Twin Cities. You have created a place, a community resource called Tortuga Island for women and uh, gender expansive folks. And I mean, what, what does that mean? Why? And I know that you're femme forward. And I, I'm asking this question only to throw you a complete softball. Mm-hmm. Why was this important to the two of you? You want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah, I think it's um, realizing the things that we've had to deal with and talking to folks that have had to deal with similar things um, and knowing, you know, what people are up against when you're femme, you know, when you're, you know, gender expansive, when you're, you know, not a dude. Um, and if people are unsure about gender expansive, it's like people who, who are non-binary, who don't identify necessarily as, but, could, you know, are anywhere on the spectrum, not, you know, cis men. Yeah, exactly. So we um, wanted to create a space for people to come together, ex- uh, share resources, um, commiserate, you know, just talk and, and, and build friendships and community and, you know, um, share ideas. And uh, yeah, we do that. We have a Facebook group and sometimes we meet in person during non-COVID times. Yeah. So we have sort of like a circle up support, mm-hmm. like meet up kind of situation. So people can just share experiences where it can get you know, deep sometimes. And then other times, um, I mean, the, the the digital space just serves as like housing opportunities, job opportunities, like, um, you know, social justice movement stuff. So where do people find the digital space? Um, well, it's pr- a private group. So we okay. for safety purposes, of it's course. a safer space. You yeah. know, no safe. No, no space is completely safe. But um, so if people wanted to message us, even Black Widows, or reach out to either of us, Pamela or Corinne, um, we can invite you in. And just message that you've heard about yep. Tortuga yep. Island. Yep. You'd be we, interested in exploring the possibility. We did extend a thing called Dolphin Island, which is for all genders, which um, workshops happen sometimes. So we did realize, you know, part of this healing conversation, we need to include everybody. Um, so we're always kind of working outward, but... You know, there's only so much time in the day and we don't want to avoid Mm -hmm. we want to avoid burnout. So it's slow, but we want to create spaces for people to, you know, talk about trauma, talk about inequity and feel comfortable. Yeah. Community care. Mutual aid. Well, I mean, it's one thing to be talked down to. Uh, by a male promoter or a male sound guy, right? I mean, that happens. It's awful. It's stupid. <laughs> but it's one thing to have that happen. Then it's an entirely different animal. It's an entirely different experience and a far more horrific experience to be on the business end of sexual violence, which yeah. unfortunately, I don't know if I want to use the word rampant, but certainly prevalent in even our so-called enlightened Twin Cities music community, this is not a strange occurrence. It doesn't have to be from a rock star. It can be from any corner, and it's all over the place. Mm -hmm. A former colleague of mine at the radio station I most recently worked Mm -hmm. at was recently exposed Mm -hmm. as someone who has been perpetrating this sort of thing for a very, very, very long time, and it wasn't always the best-kept secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and then more recently, a very high-profile figure, and I don't know if you're comfortable saying names. Yeah. no, I am. Okay, well, I mean... Because I was kind of a part of that. Okay, so. I, I don't really know yeah. the details, so I don't I don't want to step into it. I don't want to try to couch it in any specific way. Yeah. But Harmar Superstar's name has come yeah. up a lot lately, yeah. and I don't know 
what he did. I don't I don't know even the allegations. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about mm-hmm. it. So if it's something you're comfortable talking yeah. about, I would I would yeah. love to I would love to be enlightened on the situation because I will admit almost complete ignorance to anything going on there. Yeah. And to be honest, I've never heard anything about it. That doesn't mean I don't believe. It no. doesn't mean yeah, I don't yeah, trust. Yeah, yeah. I just it it, it, yeah. it was yeah. it completely T You're not in that dimension maybe right now. I don't know anything about it. I think for some of us who have been on the scene for a long time too, like I purposefully stepped away from like super male environments and so I forgot about a lot of this stuff that it's still happening um but so basically whisper networks we talk a lot about that like things women uh I w- I want to be inclusive and say trans and non-binary pe- folks too that don't feel safe in a lot of these venues have been talking about this for a long time this is not something new um a friend of mine was one of the survivors of Sean Tillman's abuse and um there started being a little she came out publicly and then a few more people kind of alluded to things but were afraid so people are very afraid of of others in positions of power and that's what i think is so confusing for people about the me too movement it all of a sudden seems like this witch hunt and it's like no it's just that i literally feel unsafe if i come forward about anybody alone and now that i see three or four other people there's so one thing pamela and i do a lot is we organize so I said, well, let's get a, a group together so you can, you know, talk to each other. So um, we call, we now are calling it the Super Seven because <laughs> they're just incredible, incredible women who are really going through trauma and uh, trying to unwrap it day by day. It's not something fun for them. It's not something they enjoy doing. They don't want to hurt anyone. They just have to speak their truth. And I think there's such resistance to that. So, um They went through the process of talking to each other about, you know, how do you do this and how do you call out and, you know, do we really want transformative justice and what does that mean and um, all of these things. And and there's a lot people don't know about silencing people behind closed doors. That's really icky. And so I think they started getting angrier based on those reactions and decided to make a statement and put it out there. And um, more and more women have come forward. So not just to us as individuals who don't want to be public but also publicly and all over the country and all over the world. Mm. So, and a lot of the stories are very similar and sometimes they involve drugs and some, you know, and it's, it's a lot of times in public bathrooms of venues. So it's, it's the, the parallels are daunting. Um, and then as I've talked to women that I, cause I've been in the scene for 20 years now in different spaces and I've seen my fair share of things too. And everybody thought they were isolated. Now, the more we talk. Mm-hmm. And so it isn't this like linear or like, black and white thing there it's really like like i don't even know how to describe it it's like embedded it's just it's deep it's like subterranean but now you know women are talking and people are starting to go and there's been work on this for like rhyme sayers allegations this has been going on for a while i know there's been other voices and so this group was able to make a statement get it out through star tribune um and spin magazine in a day it was powerful so i was so proud of them because they really put their trauma and lack of sleep aside and <laughs> you know like just did it because they're like we've, we're not just doing this for us we're doing it for other people too so um to see what people can do and now there's a bigger conversation about it and i want to give a shout out to andrea swenson too mm-hmm. um who runs another group that kind of parallels with tortuga island too for uh, women in music and um, we've been kind of talking with her and it's just all these great alliances have happened. And then, um, Minnesota Music Coalition decided to start, uh, 
an organized group of venues, uh, venues, bookers, people in the music scene in general, survivors um, to kind of educate each other, talk about safer spaces. And we've there's been a few meetings. I was at one of them and it's pretty powerful. It's pretty cool. So it's um, creating, you know, the ideas that we're brainstorming right now. But uh, Minnesota Music Safer Space Initiative, I think, is going to be the name of it. But we're going to talk about creating policies for venues and having people mm-hmm. sign on and read them and um, how to enforce these things and how to train bartenders and bookers and on what happens if somebody reports something in the moment. Because too often people get roofied or whatever and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. There's no nothing. I've, I've reported it about other people and just nothing happens. And I know that sometimes it's just a lack of education. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we just get this out there and really, really talk about it and make it super concrete for people? So that's that's where it's going right now. And it's cool to see little pods of survivors that have already existed, that have already done a bunch of work on this front and particularly marginalized groups, queer community, women of color who've been doing this work and haven't gotten press. So there's talk about how to be more inclusive in this conversation into all of those. But so we're seeing it as this big web that we're going to eventually branch together and then move. And, you know, Joe Holland's been another person who's strongly advocating for this. So to have men in the in the group is great, too. So, yep, that's where it's at. And I think it's a movement. I think it's going to actually just like, you know, racial justice. It's all happening simultaneously. It's all part of the same icky system of just not no consent and taking advantage of other people who already have suffered from oppression so you know stop <laughs> thank you right there that's the word stop stop it stop, stop. <laughs> yeah it um you know it makes me wish that i know that we had other things to talk about and we live in a very complex world where yeah. there are all these things on the menu every damn day but to hear you talk about that right there it makes me wonder you know we had our friend jared brewington on a while mm-hmm. back when we were talking about all the racial inequities and racial injustice that's going on and i i asked what at the time i've since come to realize was a wildly naive question of what does regular middle-aged white joe like me do and he looked me in the eyes he's like i'm not black google you know yeah figure it out yeah. be a good person i was yeah. like yeah. shit yeah and so i want to ask you as middle-aged cisgendered white guy yeah. yeah how do i do better i mean i can provide yeah. you a platform to talk about it yeah what do i, I mean and, but I, other than the things i thought i was already doing clearly it's not enough what, I think what's the best step just stay informed just keep my eyes open just pay attention hold up. hold people accountable Hold people, hold other white dudes accountable. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Listening is huge. Like active listening. Yeah. Speaking up. Yeah. Those are the things. When you see something, say something. I think a big part of like the sexual violence thing is that there are so many guys that are like, sorry, I didn't say something sooner. Right. You know, and it's like, but how did you know that that happened to your friend and not say something? If that would have been my friend, I would have gone in there and you know what I mean? Act. Right. Like care about people actually. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand what the that preservation is. If that's regional, if it's Minnesota nice, if it's gendered, I can't figure it out. But I've come from a place of like you fight for the people you love. And if something mm-hmm. bad happens to them, you just believe them and you do something about it. You, you stand, say something. You stand up to bullies. The other yeah. thing that has to change is. Our police force's yes. reaction to no things when, when they happen. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I won't tell you this on the air, but a family member uh, had something happen to them years ago. And 
I could not believe how dismissive the local investigator was. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this happened out of state. And I learned that Missouri doesn't have statutory rape. Did mm-hmm. you know that? Mm-hmm. It's state by state. I didn't actually no know that. No statutory rape in Missouri. Ugh. So, you know, there, yes, the number one thing is people need to stand up and say something. Uh, the number two thing is this is also a thing where the police and the investigators need to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. The amount of cases in the Twin Cities alone that never have been properly investigated yeah. is fucking mind-bending. Oh, and you Gross. know that if white women don't even get any help, that think of all the missing and indigenous exactly women right. and children oh, that exactly like right. don't yep. even get acknowledged as valid in these court systems. And, you know, it's just, it's pretty disgusting. So, and I feel like that's where we can listen more to as white women, Mm -hmm. but it's like, also, I want to speak up about this and keep carving out spaces, you know, and then moving aside and letting people Mm -hmm. step forward. I got, I got three takeaways and then we're going to hear one more Black Widow song. We got to wrap up even though we're in the teeth of and right in the meat of what really matters. Part 75. (laughs) One is believe survivors. That's one of my takeaways. Two, and I guess I'm going to tell myself this as much as I'm going to tell everyone else, but maybe tell other people a little bit more, stop being a fuckface. Mm-hmm. And if you do feel like that you're one of the allies and you are one of the good guys or good women or good whatever, stop tolerating fuckfacery. Mm-hmm. Okay? Those are the three things I'm taking away from today. Do you feel like that's a good enough takeaway for today? Yeah. And we can yeah. all learn always. always. Like, we're not perfect always. either. You know, right. like, yeah. we're figuring it out all Keep the time. Talking. Yeah. All right. Listening. Believe survivors. Stop being a fuckface. Stop tolerating fuckfacery. That's where we're going to wrap up episode 148 of The Brian Oak Show. Corinne and Pamela, this has been an excellent conversation. Thank you very much. You will come back again sometime, won't you? Absolutely. Because at some point, I'm going to come out and watch your bespangled performance (laughs) this summer or sometime in the fall, and then you're going to have to come back in and talk about all the exciting new stuff in the studio and how maybe, just maybe, Minnesotans start to get things a little more right. Fingers crossed, right? Fuck. I do want to say that this song that you're going to play is about a cannibalistic stripper <laughs> who smokes cannabis. Yes. Well, before we get into it. And of course it is. I, but thank God, because like I said, everything Duh. has to have a balance, right? Like you can't you can't lose sight of joy and madness and chaos joy. amidst all the chaos and sadness and brutality that surrounds us. There has to be some kind of balance. Sean, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks thank you, Sean. Smart Thanks start, for your music MN. and your activism. I just want to say that out loud. Thank you, thank you for both. Really, really appreciate it. I just want to thank AudioQuip. I want to thank our Patreon members. I want to thank everybody who listens. I want to thank Black Widows. Tell me one more time, when are we going to see the new music? Roughly, vaguely. I think June. I think early June. Okay, I'm going to go with early June. Look at that. <laughs> they just committing. Did a commitment. High committing five. to it. And now it's on tape. Look at that. <laughs> All right. We're going to go. Uh, but again, Corinne and Pamela, thank you very, very much thank for coming. Thank you for today. having us. This was super fun. And I'm looking forward to hearing. This is new, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's a leak. It's unreleased. You got the special early listen. VIP. Internet leak. I love it. We're part of a dangerous, exciting, interesting. Yeah. It's just a podcast. But we do have <laughs> brand new music from Black Widows. So I'm sorry. Will you, will you summarize this song for me one more time? Cannibalistic stripper who smokes cannabis. Good enough for me. Black- Candy corn. Look out for her. <laughs> Black Widows on the Brian Oak Show.